Fundraising everywhere. 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 You need to add me in there. Hey everyone, it's Simon Scriver here, one of the co-founders of Fundraising Everywhere. Welcome to another podcast, and this is a special episode of our Fundraising Everywhere podcast. We decided for a few episodes uh, to focus on the musings, the intelligent thoughts, the ramblings, and the insights from Mr. Ken Burnett. Uh, if you don't know Mr. Ken Burnett, he's a bit of a, a legend in fundraising. Uh, he presented these 10 keys to finding, recruiting, and retaining individual donors. He presented these originally at one of our past individual giving uh, virtual summits. Um, and a side note, our individual giving virtual summit is coming up, uh, so you can book your tickets now at fundraisingeverywhere.com. But Ken presented these 10 keys around individual donors uh, and people loved it and I loved it. Um, and I've learned so much from Ken over the years. If you don't know Ken Burnett, you really should. He's got a number of good or great, I should say, books on fundraising out there. Uh, he's an author, lecturer and consultant on fundraising, marketing and communications. He served on the board of ActionAid. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of Sophie, the showcase of fundraising, innovation and inspiration. Do you know Sophie? We go on about Sophie loads because we love it. Uh, he's also been one of the judges in our charity virtual event awards, um, which are also open up for nominations now. So do check that out. I mean, really, Ken has been ingrained in our fundraising lives um, for as long as I can remember. And so we want to hand over the microphone to Ken today. Um, and for the next few podcasts, or for a series of podcast episodes, uh, we're going to listen to Ken's syrupy, silky, and lovely accented voice uh, telling us the 10 keys to finding, recruiting, and retaining individual donors. Over to you, Ken. So welcome again to 10 Keys to Finding, Recruiting and Retaining Individual Donors. This is session seven, face-to-face -face fundraising and false economies. And fundraising, of course, is riddled with false economies, generally because charities don't appreciate the difference between cost and investment and don't always realize that for fundraising to succeed, you have to do it right. You have to do it properly. If you do it right, it will work. So face-to-face. Face-to-face fundraising started through Greenpeace in the mid-1990s in Austria. And it became very quickly the most cost-effective method of recruiting new donors in volume for decades. It's a really, really big idea. How big is a really big idea? Well, you probably ought to ask this guy, Dan Lapsel, who was the head of fundraising at Greenpeace in Amsterdam at the time, and he tells the story in some detail on Sophie because it is so important. Uh, how big? Well, 
In five years in just 18 countries, Greenpeace recruited more than 1.4 million new donors by this method, and they gave every year $150 million or more. So that's just one organization, just one, just the tip of a very, very big iceberg. And of course, face-to-face is the most natural mode of direct human contact. One person talking to another person face-to-face. What could go wrong with that? Well, it's gone wrong and quite seriously. Some years after it was introduced, Donor Voice, the agitator, and Sophie got together to look at how we could try and improve the experience and reduce the attrition. The other benefit, of course, from face-to-face fundraising is it brought in tens of thousands of young people into the voluntary sector, which in itself can't be a bad thing. But what we found very quickly was that donors were crossing the street to avoid face-to-face fundraisers. The public gave them the name of chuggers, which is not intended to be complimentary, and generally don't like this method of fundraising. So what went wrong? And this is about how face-to-face, I think, became the biggest false economy of them all. Face-to-face became a golden goose that was laying golden eggs with with regular predictability, Um, but before long, it looked like it might be a dead duck. Now, I'm not saying that it is yet, and I hope that fundraising face-to-face can be revived, but probably not in the format uh, that we see it today, and perhaps the coronavirus gives us an opportunity to reevaluate what went wrong Uh, One of the things that went wrong was that fundraisers did not accept that a simple no should suffice and be accepted unhesitatingly. But the real problem, I think, was much deeper in the way that the supplier agencies were briefed. It became, I think it all seemed too easy to buy donors in volume from third-party suppliers. And so fundraisers drove down the cost of acquisition and starved the suppliers of the opportunity to do it properly. It became purely a volume-driven business with no consideration for either the messaging or for um, the comfort of the, the customers, the the would-be new donors. It was a process of ask, ask, and ask again. That was the prevailing paradigm. And as a result of the way that charities briefed their supplier agencies, the the face-to-face experience began with everybody looking alike, looking rather menacing as they approached you with their clipboards poised, stopping people who were busily going somewhere else, somebody with whom they had no prior relationship. Um, The danger of irritation is obvious because people were busy, they were on their way somewhere. Often the chat-up line was fairly facile. Uh, The fundraisers were often too pushy. 
with little that might intrigue or draw people in. And the idea was to sign up people to an indefinite direct uh, automatic EFT direct debit payment. Um, often pressure was applied uh, and people were called after to, and asked to increase their gift. And the whole process was repeated again and again and again. It was a total contrast from the very early days for Greenpeace in Austria and even when they started face-to-face fundraising in the UK and Brighton, where people would queue up to talk to Greenpeace with enthusiasm and Greenpeace were able to provide uh, an interesting supportive experience. So what's not to like about that paradigm? Well, absolutely all of it. It's completely and utterly wrong and should never have been encouraged or allowed by fundraisers. Uh, For me, the problem is to do with how fundraisers remunerated their suppliers so that they could deliver a great donor experience. And by contrast, when my agency in London was briefed by a client to produce a direct mail pack or a TV campaign or a, a series of press advertisements, we were given a decent budget. We were briefed to provide a very individual and distinctive message. And we were judged by the results of what we produced. But uh, an important driver of this was the idea to be the best and to produce the most effective direct mail pack or ad campaign or whatever it was. And that's been completely absent in face-to-face with the result that it has been a very poor experience for the public. And I think this is actually to do with the fact that so many fundraisers don't know how to be an effective client. Well, there's a section on Sophie addressing just this issue. Um, And there's a lot of information around about how to do face-to-face in a way that will engage the public. Uh, And lots of people have been working on this and are still working on this. And actually, again, I think the coronavirus epidemic, which has brought face-to-face to a stop all around the world, it will restart and it is already restarting in many countries. And there is a chance now that we could do this slightly differently. There's lots of information about how to make face-to-face fundraising interesting. And there's profiles of fundraisers who do this job particularly well. Um, so face-to-face, I think, will survive and will adapt. But maybe what's next needs to be creative, imaginative, individual street theatre that delivers a great supporter experience. Maybe. Uh, I've pinched this in the last couple of days from a couple of articles that have appeared on Facebook from the face-to-face fundraising manager at UNICEF in the UK, Luke Dyer, and he's shown some fundraising from Africa and from Asia where there is an effort at producing a much better supported experience with colorful displays, useful information, uh, well-protected fundraisers, uh, and um, a new approach to social distancing brought about by the face-to-face pandemic. 
But talking to one of the great experts in the UK, Sam Butler, who wrote, who wrote the Commission on the Donor Experience uh, analysis of face-to-face fundraising, Sam has basically said to me, don't come back too soon, you face-to-face fundraisers. Let's get this right before you come back. So face-to-face should be about the donor, not about the donation. Now coming next, delivering a great supportive experience because in every aspect of fundraising, that's what matters. And we are now entering, I hope, a new era of responsible fundraising. And for that to succeed, it starts with you. So I look forward to seeing you at the next session. Thank you. The Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we give you a glimpse into one of our amazing webinars or conferences. You can check out one of our full sessions and get a 50% discount by using the code FEPODCAST at fundraisingeverywhere.com. Yep, just head to the Fundraising Everywhere website and use the code FEPODCAST at the checkout to get 50% off any of our sessions. There once was conference held online that helped me reach some goals of mine. The crack was great, the speakers best, oh, fundraising everywhere go. Ha! Soon may we learn from home with pets and tea and people we know. One day to better yourself, we'll learn so much and grow. They've been around for many years, we've learned and laughed and shed some tears. A community I'm proud to know, oh, fundraising everywhere go. Ha! Soon may we learn from home with pets and tea and people we know. One day to better yourself, we'll learn so much and grow. Ha! Soon may we learn from home with pets and tea and people we know. One day to better yourself, we'll learn so much and grow.